News Talk 1110-993 WBT, the Pete Callender Show, hour number two here on a Tuesday afternoon in sunny Charlotte. Or, well, all right. Yeah, mostly cloudy, partly sunny, Charlotte. 704-570-1110-1800, WBT-1110. Uh, you can also email Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. Uh, which I always forget to actually open up that email, <laughs> so I apologize for that. Um, yes, by the way, I will be getting to the uh, Medicaid expansion uh, story that is uh, making the rounds in North Carolina. First, I saw this uh, at the – well, I actually came across it on Twitter the other day and promoted it, amplified it. It's a woman in Charlotte, she set up a Twitter account called Baby Formula CLT. That's the name of the Twitter account. Baby Formula CLT. And um, her goal is to, according to WBTV, which uh, interviewed her, got a story with her, is to alert families of when baby formula is in stock at stores across the Charlotte area. It's a very simple idea. It's brilliant in its simplicity, which is when you're at a store, take a picture of the... The baby formula, and if you see some, you share it to that um, Twitter account. And then anybody who's looking for it can go find it at these stores. As the baby formula shortage continues, one Charlotte area mother is hoping to help other families through social media. Uh, her name is Suzanne Young. She said, quote, I thought maybe when I'm in the store, I'm taking photos anyway. I'll just start posting a picture of what the aisle looks like. And maybe someone will see something that they need. And so she's asking if you're in the store and you come across uh, some baby formula, take a picture of it and tag her. Again, it's baby formula CLT. Do it on Twitter. And if you can, store name, location, date, and time. So people are aware uh, where they can go get the formula. Because this might come as a shock to you, but the Biden airlift... Uh, might not actually uh, get all of the baby formula to all of the people that need it. I'll get to that in a minute. First, uh, we got Jim here. He's calling in about a topic we covered in the last hour on election integrity. Hello, Jim. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey, Pete. Hey. I now know why you're 12 to 3 to replace uh, Mr. Rush Limbaugh. Uh, Of course, Rush is uh, just an ardent uh, you know, he was all ours, about ours and Republicans, to somewhat to his fault, in my opinion. But, um, you know, Rush will go down in history. But what you just said, Pete, I mean, I'm I'm heading just like a snowball towards 76 years old. And I keep thinking about what's what's the biggest threat to the United States of America that I go back generations in and, you know, try to protect it from my children and my grandchildren going forward. And this voter integrity issue, especially as you just pronounced about the press just mischaracterizing it or refusing to even talk about it, is bigger than the Xi in China threat, the bad haircut guy in North Korea threat, even Putin himself, um, Venezuela, any of those guys, Pete, even the hordes coming across the southern border, (laughs) which I... I'll rank right up there maybe two or three and, and that will eventually disintegrate the United States or break it down. 
of the of the big threats I see, the big picture threats I see out there against this country and its future. And I, I keep looking at this press and not reporting the facts and the accuracy, and I just think this this is this is the biggest threat. So they and then the, the yeah, issues with the last election, and you can say whether it was Trump just arguing that, making that an arguing point or not. But yeah, there there were some issues in that last election. Absolutely, there are and issues the, in every election. Sure, there are. Oh, exactly. I heard I heard Republicans talking about Alexander County, and I'm just one county away from them where I am right now. About oh how good our elections were in Alexander County. Well, Pete, I can remember back in the early seventies. You know, I'm an old geezer, and they were talking about election irregularities and that. Where in Alexander County, North Carolina? <laughs> there was <laughs> somebody, a, I think. Yeah, I was going to say I think actually went to jail over it too. I think there are there are three vote um, vote fraud stories, election fraud stories in North Carolina within the last twenty years. Do you hear any anything about, I mean, like, literal election fraud stuff? And I'm not even talking about what happened in the 9th District with McRae Dallas and the ballot harvesting stuff. These are actual cases now. Two of, uh, two of the three come out of Western North Carolina. I mean, you're talking about, there, there was a thing called the Ponder Machine in Haywood County. And these, or sorry, uh, Madison County. These people, they were brothers, and they ran the show. They ran everything. They had a political machine, and they stuffed ballots for decades. I I don't understand when there came this day when all of a sudden everybody in America said, okay, you know what, no more election fraud. We're going to stop doing all of the things that we have been doing in all of these other elections. Now we're not going to do it anymore. When did that day happen? Did I miss that at some point? No, it never well, happened. So, of course, people, uh, organizations and activists and partisans – they, of course, are going to try to game the system in order to to run up as many votes as possible. The, the, the honor system does not work for election integrity. It just doesn't. And, and Pete, I'll make a couple more comments. I think government, I've talked to you about this previously, government has gotten so large and pervasive, and so many people are getting a check either through employment or just on the dole, whatever, and I even heard a discussion today in Iredell County on their about their school. They have a program up here on radio uh, talking about how they expanded, massively expanded their school lunch program last year, as if they were kind of proud about it. Well, there's 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 unspent money from the virus right now that the schools and these the state governments they got some they got so much money, Pete, they can't even spend it. Yeah. Okay. But but the largeness and pervasiveness of government is what keeps this electioneering and harvesting and whatever you want to call it, just sheer fraud, just keeps it rolling on. And now we got a press that doesn't even want to report about it. Uh, Pete, I'll make one more comment about this directly related to that. I mentioned when I first started talking about the two or three biggest threats facing in this country. And I mentioned the bad haircut guy, Xi, mm. Maduro, even Putin himself. Well, every one of those regimes, Pete, guess what? They control the press. Mm -hmm. You don't hear or see or hear anything about what's going on. And, they control them. And, and have you seen some of the or heard some of the comments coming out of that World Economic Forum over the last couple of days about recalibration of freedom of speech? Uh, Pete, I don't pay those kind of gatherings any attention whatsoever. I just, I'm sorry, I don't. No, I, I usually don't either. But the, like, 
I'm, I've seen some of the videos. These, I mean, they're televising this stuff. They have it like they got it all streamed out and everything. They're very proud of the. These are the people that say, you know, in twenty years, thirty years, like you're not going to own anything and you'll be completely happy. Um, they, they're, they're saying, you know, we're we're building the future for the world. They literally said that at this. These are the people that are at this thing. No, I don't know if they can actually affect those kinds of changes, but they are pretty powerful people. I mean. The Bank of America guy Moynihan's up there, so I'm thinking there's some pull to those um, to those folks. I don't know. Yeah, what? Kind of concerning. Hey, I got to run, Jim. I appreciate the call. Good to hear from you, sir. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Email is Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. I uh, got a tweet here at Pete Callender, that's with a K, from Bakes, who says, Dude is dead on, talking about the last caller, Jim. Our press mainly and the, sof- the sophistication of the voting fraud is the biggest threat. Um... And then my dad says, this guy, yes, he listens. This guy, Jim, is just like me, 75 and racing towards 76 as the country is going into a toilet. Look at Pennsylvania, New York, and nearly every other state election system is questionable for extreme corruption. Pennsylvania, 100% of all nursing home patients voted in this last primary. Well, they are they are the greatest generation. 100% voters. That's right. Let me go over here to Jimmy. Welcome to the program. Hey, Jimmy, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Hey. You know, I'm black. And, you know, what you said about the whole the, the, the scare tactic yeah. that the media uses and the Democrats use is the reason why I just cannot vote Democrat ever again. So how did I, I, how did you realize that was happening or when did you realize was there like a was there a story a, an event or something that where you just said uh, this isn't this isn't cool. Yeah, it just, just the yeah, uh, I, I guess during you know really during really during the Obama years of being told that you know you know almost all, you know the boogeyman the mm. white boogeyman is coming to get you and they're going to drag you off at night, and and, and no. <laughs> well, now, and I understand that there were, um, there. I mean, there is a generation, if not two, of people that that was true for, that they did yeah, worry yeah. about that, absolutely, and then they teach their kids, and that stuff gets passed down. So I don't minimize that at all, but that is, yeah, I mean, that's the uh, what you're essentially saying is like, you, you recognize that progress has been made since then and now. God, yes. <laughs> a ton of progress. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, I, 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 my roommate's wife. I, you know, nobody's come over to drag me out of the house and, and, and send her to the institution, and they take me to, you know, to the hanging tree. Yeah, it don't happen no more. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, there was a, I'll never forget when Barack Obama won in 2008, I was on air. I was doing a nine to midnight show here on WBT. And there was a fellow who called in and uh, he was celebrating. He was happy. Obama had won. And he said, I never thought that America would elect a black president. 
and uh, and I and I asked him why, and he said because he didn't think white people would ever vote for a black guy, and I said, okay, well now they did, so does that change your opinion of white people in America? And you know what he said? No. He said no, it doesn't. So, so I don't understand how you're supposed to overcome that when the thing that you thought wouldn't happen because of racism actually does occur. And then you still don't want to change your mind about the, you know, the prevalence of racism. I don't know how to get through that. But I think there, there is some hope coming, you know, I live in South Carolina, but I just wish we had South Carolina had a Mark Robinson. Cause I think he kind of, I think he kind of spits in the face of all that. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. he and does. I think also, our media definitely—they're from Fox to seeing, uh, you know, uh, the NBC, CNN, all those. They, it, we need a, a huge reform, washing out of all of them. Yeah, it's the media has become so insular because of the people that populate those ranks, particularly at the national level. Uh, they come from privilege and uh, because that's how you have to you, you can't otherwise get those gigs. Generally speaking, you have to have uh, a lot of privilege in order to get those gigs, because to start out in media, you get paid very little uh, and uh, it's very difficult to uh, to make a name for yourself. And then you got other people that just kind of waltz in. They're born on third base and think they hit a triple kind of thing. Uh, Jimmy, good to talk with you. I appreciate the call, buddy. I got to run. And 99.3 WBT. So a military plane carrying enough specialty infant formula for more than half a million babies arrived Sunday in Indianapolis. The first of several flights expected from Europe aimed at relieving the shortage of baby formula that has sent parents scrambling to find enough to feed their children. I call it the Biden airlift. The Biden airlift. President Joe Biden authorized the use of Air Force planes for the effort dubbed Operation Fly Formula. Which, wouldn't that be trash or poop? Fly Formula. Right? For the flies that can't breastfeed, they're on the formula. So I assume that's what that is. It's trash or poop. Anyway, 78,000 pounds of the formula got flown in. Brian Deese, the director of the White House National Economic Council, um, he says that uh, the U.S. needs more formula providers. Is anybody, show of hands here, anybody else embarrassed by this story? I am. I'm embarrassed by this story. And it is the most government thing ever, is it not? The most government thing ever to create the problem and then demand credit for fixing the problem that you created. And, oh, by the way, not actually fixing the problem, right? <laughs> so that it has all of the components. It's the trifecta. But they're trying to blame no uh, an individual company, Abbott Labs. So no company has this much control over supply chains. 
look, that definitely has an impact. The pandemic has had an impact. The supply chain disruption, the outbreak of the uh, whatever that bacteria was, whatever that they picked up in the Abbott labs that forced them to shut it all down. Absolutely. All of those were factors, are factors. There are others, though. I would submit more important ones. But the manufacturer, Abbott Nutrition, can now receive priority orders under the government, uh, this uh, Defense uh, Production Act authorization, because they did that as well. So on the one hand, the White House is saying no individual company should have this much control over the supply chains, trying to blame Abbott Industries. And on the other hand, they do the Defense Production Act authorization, which now gives that individual company higher priority so they get raw materials like sugar and corn syrup for infant formula. Yeah, did you know that's in the infant formula? Corn syrup is? It is. Um, Reckitt, owner of Mead Johnson, can now receive priority orders of consumables like filters and other single-use products necessary to generate certain oils needed to produce infant formula, the White House said. That allows Reckitt facilities to operate at maximum capacity. That is from uh, Michael Conroy at the Associated Press. The FDA this week eased importation requirements for baby formula to try to ease the supply crunch, which has left store shelves void of some brands and some retailers rationing supply for parents nervous about feeding their children. That's the last sentence in the AP story. The very last sentence tells you about the FDA role. And it's framed as, look at them. They're easing importation requirements. They're helping. Right? Well, well, let's back up a second. Importation requirements had to be eased. So are you saying that those importation requirements were too strict? And that led to the shortage along with the supply chain and the the bacteria? Let's... Let's do a little bit of a deeper dive here. <clears throat> so Karen Townsend at HotAir.com, the nation's, uh, she says the nation's largest manufacturer of baby formula, Abbott, closed its Michigan plant in February over safety issues. It hopes to reopen that plant next week. But even then, it's going to take months, two months, for formula to be ready to be delivered. Regulations prevented importation of baby formula from Europe. She said, did you ever in your life imagine that we would see a time when the United States could not feed its babies? Where's Mayor Pete, by the way? Where's Pete Bootygig? Where is he? He admitted on a Sunday morning show two weeks ago now, he said that he's relying on friends and family to find baby formula and send it to him for his baby twins. So here's a guy personally affected and... What's been his approach on the crisis management front here? Europe has an abundant supply of baby formula. The FDA could have loosened its regulations before, you know, this week. Why is the FDA seizing baby uh, formula during a shortage? Scott Lincecum and Emily Eakins writing a uh, piece at Wall Street Journal. Some of the current shortage of baby formula derives from pandemic-related labor and supply chain problems, as well as a recall of Abbott Nutrition formula products. 
European baby formulas are actually regulated by European regulatory authorities. Imagine that. And research has found that most of the formula meet FDA-required nutrient levels. They do not meet FDA labeling and other requirements. Most don't have formula preparation instructions in English. Wait, 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 what? Why do they not have it in English? What was the whole point of winning World War II if we can't make them all talk English? I'm kidding. I just, it's just a joke. Specific labeling also about iron content or instructions on how to store the product. The FDA is also, uh, also has concerns about European formulas requiring less water per scoop. That's a thing. That's a thing. Less water required per scoop. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I know your baby is starving to death, but this food right here obviously does not tell you how much water per scoop you need. So I think your baby has to die. Sorry. The FDA uh, also has concerns about European formula. Um, the temperature conditions under which they are stored. Really? And their lack of a system to notify U.S. consumers of any recalls. Because major European producers like HIP and Halle, Halle, Haya, Haya, how would you pronounce it? H-O-L-L-E. Is that one of those Dutch words? Those Amsterdamians. Anyway, they have not spent the time and money needed to comply with FDA regulations because they haven't needed to. What's the sense? We'll just keep selling in the markets we're in, going gangbusters here, and we're already meeting all of the FDA or the uh, European regulations, so screw it, we're not going to sell over there. Nonetheless, American parents now would really like European formula. Some actually believe they're healthier, while others report seeing fewer symptoms of acid reflux and food intolerance after switching. European Union food standards ban corn syrup, commonly found in U.S. formula, and require at least 30% of the carbohydrates to come from lactose, which scientists believe is preferable. And some parents prefer the variety that European brands offer. They report that their babies seem to like the taste better. They've gained more weight. And at seven months old, they're now ready to tell you what gender they identify as. I can't. It's, all right. Okay. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Talking about the uh, Biden airlift and uh, how the... Uh, parents who tried to purchase directly from Europe baby formula because Europe has like apparently it's a wash in baby form. Well, I guess it would be, I guess it would be just covered in the powder. Do they sell it as the mix in the liquid form? Then it would be a wash. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know why I went down that rabbit hole. This is this Pete. Hey Pete. Hey Good Pete. Afternoon. Hey, great name. Uh, yes, sir. I was wondering 
why of all the distribution centers in uh, the United States, you think of Charlotte, Dallas, Texas, everywhere, why it wound up in Indianapolis. And it wasn't until you said he had twins and, and they were personally suffering and it went to his home state. Does that have the appearance of impro- impropriety? Well, um, if he was a Republican, I am sure there would have been. Oh, yeah. The stories making that connection would have already been written and published, and they probably would have had to have diverted the flight to some other state. Right. I have. I actually saw I saw and I was looking through my uh, through the stack of stuff here about why they actually chose the um, why they chose Indiana. Oh, here it is. Indianapolis was chosen because it is a Nestle distribution hub. The formula will be offloaded into FedEx semi-tractor trailers taken to a Nestle distribution center about a mile away where the company will do a standard quality control check before distributing the supplies to hospitals, pharmacies, and doctor's offices and Pete Buttigieg's house. So, yeah, so obviously, yeah. Were you here for Hurricane Hugo? Uh, no, not Hugo. My brother was down in South Carolina at the Citadel. Um, and then, so that was what, 89. And then I came down in 93 or 92. Well, when Hugo hit Charlotte and the city was devastated. Yeah. All the muckety mucks that lived over there in East over next door to Bill Wee's house, who was the president of Duke Energy, Duke Power at the time, mm-hmm. were screaming why they couldn't get their lights back on. And Duke and Bill Wee said, uh, I'm not doing that until every other customer gets theirs on. Then I'll worry about my own neighborhood. Well, and his own house. Right, and his own house. Right, because right. uh, the, the, the optics of that would have been terrible, that he's got power restored at his house and everybody else is without power for two weeks. Well, that's right. So yeah. he was last, and all his neighbors were last, too, even though they were the muckety-mucks in Eastover. Yeah. So, so the moral of that story is if you live next door to the CEO of a power company, buy a generator. There you go. That's the moral of that story. All right, Pete, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. Good, good All right, yeah, see ya. Um, no, it's, it, the optics of this, not good, especially when the FDA is, is seizing baby formula. Yeah. So apparently there are reports now that people are having their baby formula seized uh, for example, uh, by, or by U.S. Customs agents, one parent reported that she had nearly $700 of formula destroyed at the border in the middle of a national formula shortage. The FDA's actions have exacerbated the problem they, try, uh, they were trying to solve, ostensibly. The agency cites concerns about storing and transporting powdered formula to avoid bacterial contamination or product deterioration. But by shutting down trusted vendors who had built a reputation on importing and selling high-quality products, the FDA drove desperate parents to untested sellers. That then creates the storage and handling concerns that caused the FDA to distrust European products in the first place. The difficulty finding preferred baby formula brands also increased the likelihood of inauthentic products and unscrupulous sellers taking advantage of parents in need. In other words, all of the... All of the downside of the black market, right? That's what you've done. You created a black market for the baby formula. 
gosh, if that's just not so on brand for GovCo, I'm not sure what else is. I don't know what uh, this one. Hello, Randy. Welcome to the program. What's up, Randy? Yeah, hey, Pete. Yeah. Hey, listen, I was kind of wondering, uh, did you read anything about Mayor Pete uh, trying to breastfeed or anything like that? Or mm. maybe his other person? No, his partner. Um, no, I did not. Nobody, nobody told them that they should just go breastfeed, which was sort of the approach that a lot of people on the left took in the first week uh, of, the nation, of the rest of the nation kind of becoming aware of this topic uh, about a week or so ago. That seemed to be a, a response from a lot of folks. Oh, they should just, you know, go, uh, you know, breastfeed, whatever is like this effort to deflect blame from Biden. I didn't see Mayor Pete or his husband, what's his name, Chasten or something. Uh, I, I, I didn't see either of them get attacked like that. I wonder why. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. It seems like the, the left would be right on that. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, no, okay, no. thanks, Pete. No, good question. Thank you, Randy. No, I appreciate that. Why wouldn't Mayor Pete and his husband just breastfeed? Maybe somebody could ask him next time he's on one of the Sunday shows. Oh, speaking of the uh, power companies, the North American Electric Reliability Corporation, NERC, has released its latest reliability assessment for the summer 2022 here, and not good. In too many states, the power grid is already uh, nearly at or already at full capacity. And in the next few months, that capacity is going to be exceeded. This is not a question of if or really even when. It's just a fact. Industry experts know this, and they have been trying to sound the alarm for several years. Years. What are we looking at? Certain states, they say 14 of these states. I could not get a breakdown, but they appear to be mostly out west. Shortages and rolling blackouts. That's how they're going to have to do it. Because if you don't do a rolling blackout, then everything crashes and it takes way longer to restore all of the power. The federal government just cannot uh, cannot afford to simply ignore the problem any longer. Jazz Shaw, writing at hotair.com, he says, I hope it goes away. Uh, just ignoring it is not going to make it go away. Um, there will be no planes flying in extra electricity from Europe. There is no emergency Federal Reserve of electricity that the president can release with an executive order. When demand for electricity exceeds supply, the utility uh, companies will either have to begin a series of rolling blackouts in all of the affected states or the grid will suffer crippling damage and be down for months. It's not going to just impact California and Texas. There are 14 states minimum to be hit in the rolling sequence. As water levels fall, you eventually reach the point where your ability to produce hydroelectric Uh, from dams diminishes. Meanwhile, 40 coal-fired power plants scheduled to be taken offline to fight climate change. 